Section seven of Horror Stories by Ada Buisson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Baron's Coffin, Chapter Four, The Stratagem. How we watched the next day, Monsieur Louis from his window, I from mine, and little Mademoiselle Paulina from the flat roof of a part of the chateau to which she had ascended through a small window in the roof how we watched how we listened to the slightest sound on the road but the time rolled on noon afternoon evening came and there was no sign of soldiers near the old chateau still stood peacefully among the unbroken stillness of the pine woods monsieur louis had been gloomier than ever all day but to me and to mademoiselle paulina he spoke once or twice in an almost kind manner he took nothing from dawn to dusk except a crust of bread and a large glass of brandy and i observed that he scarcely ever moved from his standing position at the window i had often seen him stern and unsociable but never in such a mood before when it was quite dusk he roused himself a little and then precisely at nine o'clock he put on a large cloak and calling me to follow him set off at a rapid pace through the wildest and most secluded part of the grounds we walked very fast but it was dark when we reached the confines and there under a tree i could dimly see the figures of two men with some dark object lying at their feet my master walked on and spoke for some minutes to these men and then they went away leaving the dark object on the ground monsieur waited till they were out of sight and then he called to me and pointing to the thing said antoine i want you to help me carry this it was a large black coffin is it heavy i asked rather horrified and raising up one end not so heavy as it will soon be my master replied in his fierce voice now then move on while he spoke he had lifted up the other end and there we both stood in the dark night with that hideous thing on our shoulders as we walked home more slowly than we had come on account of our burden fearful thoughts filled my mind what could monsieur want a coffin for was there an occupant ready for it or did he mean to commit suicide the last surmise seemed scarcely probable suicides seldom trouble themselves with funeral arrangements when we reached the chateau who should meet us creeping out of the great salon but mademoiselle paulina she carried a candle in her hand and i shall never forget her white scared face as she held it up and let its light fall on the great black coffin what is it for she muttered between her clenched teeth oh louis it is not paul say it is not paul but monsieur louis only lowered the coffin from his shoulder and telling me to carry it up to his room himself led the way mademoiselle paulina followed and then as we set our load down in the centre of the polished floor she dropped into her brother's large chair 
and exclaimed again oh louis say it isn't paul he took no notice of her but taking the candle knelt down by the coffin and began examining it carefully and i did the same there were small holes in the lid and it was deeper than coffins usually are whilst at the back there was a large air hole carefully concealed by the fringe of the lid i began to understand its use and so did mademoiselle paulina now then antoine listen to me monsieur said as he looked up with horrible satisfaction from his examination i was not to be deceived by that kind advice to fly from france i knew well enough what would happen and i would rather face them all here with my sword in my hand than be fired at in flight if i should be arrested by order of the convention i also know my fate this is what i propose doing if strangers come to the chateau you must give out that i am dead and immediately close the coffin lid on me and bury me in the vault in the chapel if paul comes with them you need only place me in the coffin and leave him and me to do the rest you can let me stay safely in the vault for twelve hours but after that antoine paulina my blood will be upon your heads there now go leave me alone for god's sake i cannot i cannot hear of such a dreadful wicked thing mademoiselle paulina began clasping her little white hands entreatingly oh louis listen to me hide while there is time hide and what hiding-place within ten leagues of the chateau does paul not know fiercely interrupted her brother oh louis he is not so bad mademoiselle said piteously only try and i will watch and pray him be silent and go to bed do not preach to me my mind is made up monsieur answered sternly and then he went out of the room and as neither i nor the poor young lady liked to be alone with that hideous thing we also went away to another part of the house oh that these awful days were over mademoiselle murmured as she went into her own room but they were not over yet they were only beginning the sun rose the next morning as bright and glowing as if it rose upon paradise rather than great bloody france reeking like a slaughter-house i could scarcely bear to look out on the brightness still it was some comfort to see that in the sunshine the country looked peaceful and quiet as usual that between the trees there was no sign of glittering arms or terrible uniform i took a cup of coffee to monsieur's room as early as possible but found him occupied in writing and could not induce him to take it keep it for twenty-four hours hence antoine he said i would dare wager i shall want it then remember antoine he added twelve hours at farthest for your life remember that monsieur looked at the black coffin lying at his feet as he spoke and i shuddered just then mademoiselle paulina called me softly and when i went to her she beckoned me to the window where she was standing look out to the west antoine do you see anything she said in a quiet frightened tone i did look 
and i saw a faint glittering far away along the bordeaux road mademoiselle they are coming i said feeling a great throb at my heart she grasped my hand and away we both flew to monsieur louis's room i think he had seen the glittering too for we found him hastily arranging his room shutting the jalousies and giving it as much as possible the trim tidy look of a death-room then with trembling hands we arrayed him in the death-clothes placed the coffin on the trestles in the centre of the floor and him in it he had a small vial in his hand and as he lay there his face looked so corpse-like that i should scarcely have been afraid of monsieur paul himself seeing it then calling in the other young ladies to whom mademoiselle had already explained the danger i left the room to watch for the approach of the soldiers and give the alarm whether monsieur paul was with them or not i never shall forget the terrible anxiety of that watching it seemed as if they would never come and yet they were moving moving ever moving along the road then i lost sight of them in the pinewood and that seemed an awful moment when i again saw them yes absolutely within the chateau grounds was monsieur paul with them i looked attentively yes riding a little apart from the rest there he was not daring to look up with his traitor eyes on the home of his ancestors i left the window and flew rather than ran upstairs monsieur paul is there i exclaimed rushing into the room and then with one hasty glance at the coffin when i saw the occupant raise the vial to his lips i ran downstairs to the courtyard where the soldiers were already dismounting from their horses as the captain called out for citoyen louis gaulle and the rest began entering the house monsieur paul beckoned me aside and whilst he pretended to follow them whispered has he escaped god grant that he has he has monsieur i answered solemnly he died not an hour ago by his own hand rest his soul for an instant monsieur paul started back in pale consternation then he seized my arm exclaiming this is some trick louis is not the man to kill himself confess the truth antoine and i will do what i can to keep up the deception i was taken aback by his soft sad tone but i happened to look up into his evil eyes at the moment that was sufficient go and look at him monsieur i replied sadly you will not doubt then but what could he do it was only a choice of deaths poison is not worse than steel but go and look at him i will answered monsieur paul in a hard tone the old man's voice quivered as he came to this and Josette was obliged to give him another rather large goot. I shall never forget the sickening terror, he went on presently, with which I followed the soldiers and that cruel man up the old staircase into the baron's room. I have gone through many dangers to myself since then, 
but i never remember feeling such an agony of fear as i did on entering that room where mademoiselle paulina was sitting like a pale ghost on the floor and that group of wild beasts were crowding round the coffin in the centre i went to the opposite side to where monsieur paul was standing and then i peeped over the shoulders of one of those wretches into the coffin i started there was monsieur louis lying not in that forced stillness which he had first assumed but dead he could not but be dead so white so utterly still were his features so motionless his body so breathless pulseless and then i looked up into monsieur paul's face he was regarding the corpse with a gaze that was almost fiendish for a whole minute his eye watched the pale face with an intensity of attention that had the life-blood been flowing in its uncovered temples he must have discovered it then he stretched forth his hand and took up the dead man's arm and for an instant it lay placidly in his fingers and then dropped with a dull lifeless thud on the breast after that he turned away and putting his arm through one of the officers drew him apart and talked in a low grave tone with him for some minutes would they be satisfied would they go now and leave us in peace i caught little mademoiselle's eyes for a moment and they seemed asking me that then monsieur paul and the officer came back to the rest and the captain told them that apparently their work was done for them that they might go down and rest themselves and after a few savage words they went with their swords clanging down the great staircase a horrid sound and monsieur paul the captain mademoiselle and myself were left alone with the corpse monsieur paul went and again bent over the coffin and he heaved a great sigh and murmured poor louis if he had only been persuaded poor louis and then the traitor stretched out his hand towards his little sister but she shrank away and hid her face with her cold fingers the captain meanwhile had been standing at the window but he came back as he heard monsieur paul's voice and taking up the coffin lid said gruffly come come if you want us to help you with this we must go to work at once and then monsieur paul sighed again and with a hand that trembled but not from grief took the lid and laid it on the coffin and then two of the soldiers were called and i was sent for tools and in a terrible quarter of an hour monsieur we had screwed up a living man in that hideous coffin as we finished the captain said quickly now to the vault and then to breakfast your master here now paul gore and we shall expect good wine <laughs> and then he laughed and monsieur paul smiled with his lips but his evil blue eyes remained anxiously fixed on the coffin let them dig a grave under the lime trees he said calmly monsieur i exclaimed in terror there's the vault in the chapel the de gaulles were always buried there paul murmured the poor young lady but he answered 
what a suicide in the old vault let them dig a grave under the lime trees dig the hard earth under this broiling sun laughed the captain why the men would throw him to the dogs first monsieur paul turned pale well then to the vault he exclaimed and then the three soldiers helped me to lift up the coffin and we bore monsieur louis down out of the house across the sunny courtyard to the little chapel which had not been opened for many a day and monsieur paul with his own hands helped to lift up the flagstone before the altar and then by the light of a single candle snatched from one of the candelabra we lowered baron louis de gaulle among the remains of his ancestors a living man among the dead and there we left him and as monsieur paul put the key of the chapel into his pocket and came out into the sunshine he looked round at everything with a smile oh monsieur there were fiends in those days all that day till set of sun the old chateau rang with obscene merriment the soldiers forced their way into the cellars and larder and those who were not lying under the pines dead drunk ransacked the old chateau from roof to basement then they lounged about the great salon smoking and swearing and drinking and singing ribald songs or hunted the young ladies from room to room or insulted us servants whilst monsieur paul sat at a little table in the shade there of those limes with two or three of them and sang republican songs and kept shouting to me to bring wine to supply his friends with wine the best wine it seemed to me as if that great blazing sun would never go down and yet the hours were rolling on and if more than twelve passed whilst the baron was in his living tomb there would be blood on our heads on poor little mademoiselles who sat there still on the floor in the baron's room and on mine. End of section seven.